pretty good run tonight at eight. So there we go. Ironic that I know um, uh, getting back to consistency right now. So it's crazy. It's like literally the thing I love about it because I play my whole life. But it's like the only thing we could put on some good tunes and like literally just play and just by yourself. Or it's like you don't need other people and like just that freedom of it is I think why I love it so much. But well, I mean now, now for me, you know, it's it's, it's if you give me a basketball, I'll play for hours and not even like time will just pass by. Yeah, I mean, now that, you know, it's, it's not even a, I don't know, in a competitive way. It's all, almost a meditative way. Right. Um, right. Right. And, uh, and I, I mean, I still love it, man. It's, it's actually, it's interesting. Cause I, I, w I was joking around and I said, after I got done with playing pro, it was the, it was, I was the best player that I, that I could be. Cause I just stopped giving a shit. Right. <laughs> You know. So, you know, the, the years afterwards, I'd play, like, the the leagues here in Seattle, and I'd be crushing souls, you know. And then uh, yeah, and people are like, man, you still play pro? And I'd be like, nah, man, I don't play anymore. You know, but then then as the business grew, and, and I'm, I'm somewhat of a very crazy, uh, ambitious, and focused person. So, right. uh, ball started kind of kind of falling off a little bit. Um, sure. and, but, you know, I'm certainly, like, in that phase where I'm like, man, I, I love playing. I want to get consistent with playing again uh, just for the love, of the love of the game, you know? Yeah, and I think that's true, too. Like, once the uh, – once your give a shit factor is not as high, you just – you're so natural. You kind of just flow a little bit and you just feel so much more rhythm. But, like, when the stakes are super high, you, I feel like you take that, like, unconscious, free-flowing part out of it a little bit, too. It speaks to the, you know, the mental side of the game because right. I, I think that – I think that – there's such, you know, I, I, I give this analogy on your best, you know, on your day, you're, you're, you're making buckets, you start feeling confident, like, right. And you feel unstoppable. But I've had, I've had those, you know, in the zone games where I broke records in Slovenian youth leagues and all yeah. that good stuff. And I mean, you know, the, the, the rim was an ocean. Of course. And no matter what anybody said, like you couldn't, like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I was crushing. Right. And then there's games, you start bad stuff's going on in your life. You know, you make shots and then you start, you know, doubting yourself. And you're the same player. You're the same human being. And here's one scenario where you're unstoppable. Here's one scenario where you're a shadow of yourself, right? And it just shows to, like, how mindset influences your actual skill set. Uh, I mean, if you don't have a skill set, you don't have a skill set, right? Like, of that, I don't care what you do. But, but if you do, like, on one day, you can be phenomenal. On another day, you can be, like I said, like, you know, not even 50% of your best. And so the, the mental side is, is, is so important. Now, I learned this, you know, sport was phenomenal for so many different, you know, things in my life uh, and building virtues and values and things like that. But like I said, like, you know, later on, I was like, man, the, I was doing some, you know, training on the mindset side of things and all those different things. But like looking back, I was like, hey, how is it possible that, you know, I'm a better player, you know, once I actually got done because it, like uh, and I forgot the guy that, that wrote the book. I wrote uh, it's called the Inner Game of Tennis. He has a he has a book called the Inner. Dude, Game I was of just gonna say that I just read yeah. that book. <laughs> so it's a book. And you know, but where where he talks about like you know getting the editor out of your head, right? Like yeah. we're all, you know, you shoot a shot, you miss. It's like oh man, I should have followed through with this pinky. And I you start doing the editing, and you're at your best when there's no <clears throat> there's no editor. It's yeah. just it's just you're yourself, and so it's. I, you know, to me, it was interesting. It was like this kind of big aha moment um, that carried over now, I'd say, into other areas of my life where, where you're like, man, when, when you're, you know, if you miss a shot and like you erase it, you know, like the, there's no emotional attachment to what you just did and you just go into your next thing, like the most focused and present with where, what you have, where you're at, right? It's going to be a whole different ballgame than like, like, oh, I just missed three shots. Fuck, am I off today? Like, maybe I should do like, well, you know, you're in your head. You're actually not. But that goes for anything, right? Like, I was just going to say, yeah. You look at business, it's the same thing. Like, man, bad month happens. You know, whether it's, it was on you or the economy flunked or you just made the wrong strategy, you know, you lost your focus, you just, you just didn't, you know, uh, I would say put the work in that's necessary. But then, you know, at that point in time, you can make a decision to like go, okay, well, cool. What's, what's working? What's not working? What do I have to do? All right, let me focus on that. Or you can get inside of your head. Man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'm not good enough. Like, what if these people think this and these people think that yeah. it, it, it's just like, you know, I actually break things down in kind of in life and, and especially in business. It's like, you have, you have skill sets and then you have mindsets, you know what I mean? And you got to work on both, right? Like yeah. you have people who have a very, very good skill set in coaching 
but their mindset is off. For, for instance, they, you know, they're afraid to charge money. They're, um, they don't know if they're, they're good enough, you know, like they don't have the self-esteem, right? But they have the skill set, you know, and you have other people that like, and some, sometimes you've seen this too, right? With people that mindset's like, yeah, man, so there's high ticket packages, blah, 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 but they're shitty at what they do, right? So, right. It, and so you got to have both, you know, yeah. you have both. And so those are the two constructs I talk about. And then the other one is that, you know, there's coaching and there's a the business of coaching, which are very, very different. And, you know, you got to build both of the, both of those two, if you, if you want to build a successful business. So it, it just shows like, you know, there's, there's so much to that mental game um, beyond, beyond just the, the physical skill sets and just about every area of life. Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, kind of before we just get a little more structured, but like to that point, I was thinking like, after I read that book, right. And so like, I'm working on some cool projects and I'm like writing and it's kind of the same thing, right? I mean, you've written a lot of books and it's like when your music's in and you're just going, you're like, that was a good idea. And then you're flowing or maybe you're creating content. You're just pumping it out quick. You're like, this was really good. You don't think about anything. I feel like that's when the most organic things come out and you're presenting the best information to others and people, especially from, like you said, a coaching standpoint. Every time though, I feel like you second guess yourself, you're taking five steps backwards. And that's what I see a lot with like a lot of people where no matter where you are on the scale in terms of your success, it's ultimately dependent on, you know, what you put out and the best information and not really caring about other people, allowing them to stifle your growth. You know, and personally, just speaking for myself, like I would have that sometimes earlier on. I'd be like, I don't want to do this because I feel like someone's going to say something. But now it's just like, just go, you know, and just kind of if you have you said the skill set, everything else falls in line. Yeah. And I mean, that comes down to like, I almost feel like there's a couple of thoughts I want to kind of unpack here. Yeah, um, go ahead. One is I, I completely agree with you because you got to work on like, here's the thing. You have to practice that. Right. Sure. It's a, if it's a skill set, there's a practice associated with it. For instance, creating content. Right. Like. You have to build that skill set, right? So it means you have to be daily practices to be able to do that. You know, it's where people go like, oh, you're so good on camera. Like, you're a natural. I'm like, well, I just shot over 3,000 videos. I suck at first, you know, like go back 11 years and watch the shit I put out. You're like, oh, you know, so, so yes, that is there. Now, the second part is like, I feel that when you put out the best work that you can, it's good to have people critique you but people that you know that love you and care for you and are going to give you like their positive, constructive feedback, right? So I think that's important, um, you know, on that side of things because like, for instance, I, I do know, I, I know people that keep putting out stuff and it's not like not great, you know what I mean? And it's like, man, it would be great if that person was like, hey, I'm open to feedback and it's like, hey, that's awesome. But right here, I think you should, you know, make some things better and, and, yeah, and look to do this and changing that. I think having that network and having those people around you is like game changing. Um, and then the third part I wanted to touch on here is, is, is like, you know, when you're at your best, right? When, you, when you're fired up and, and you're going and there is no editor and putting stuff out. There's, there's a, something that John Berardi taught me. He's a good friend and obviously a very, very successful, smart guy. And he said, you know, uh, how to be a mentor for yourself. Like there's, there's a, a you know, mentorship's super important. I, I, I believe in masterminds and coaching and all those different things at the highest level. Absolutely. Uh, but there's a way also to like mentor yourself. And so mm-hmm. this is the, this is it. When you're at your most kind of uh, fired up, you have the most positive focus and you're, and you're, you know, you've had like, everybody's had those days where I'm like, man, I can do this, man. I'm, I'm on fire. I'm this, that, the other. Now, at those times is when you have to write stuff out and coach yourself. So imagine writing, writing things out in a journal mm-hmm. and your thoughts and like your vision and like your beliefs around stuff and the strategies, right? Now, the reason why you got to do that, because most people like have these days and then they don't write it out. They don't they just try to, st- you know, it stays in your head because on the shitty day, right? When, remember, anytime we're in scarcity, we're, we're in, you know, there's fear, there's, you know, fear of persecution and embarrassment, all those different things. You're not thinking powerful thoughts. You're, you're, you're going to make different decisions and strategies than on the day that you're at your best with no editor and your, 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 your belief system is at its you know, highest level. And so those shitty days, you got to go back so that your best self coaches you like when you're not at your best self. That's a good point. Go, oh, yeah. oh, shit. Okay. That's wisdom. Like, let me, ah, uh, okay. I got you. You know what I mean? Because 
that's what a mentor would do. And like you, like I always say, one of the, you know, wisdom is the advice that, you know, taking your own advice, advice you give to your best advice you give to others. If you took it yourself, that's wisdom, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and and we don't do any of that shit. So it's, it's so, or I put it this, not enough of it. Right. So like, that's actually a, a real thing that, that I do, you know, that after JB kind of gave me that, like, I would say like very, very great insight because man, everybody's got days. You got a tough day. You got a struggling day. You know, revenue goes down. Some shit goes wrong. Somebody, yeah. you know, some apples in the building. I got to fix, and there's a ton of money. Blah, whatever, right? Like a million things. And I need to get like, I'm like, all right, quickly. I'm gonna pull out my journal. I'm gonna get coached by the greatest version of Luca. You know, the fucking Luca, the Luca the White, the Gandalf. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so you know, it, it's and so that that helps because it's it goes back to that editor that we talk about. You know, and you have to like we often find strategies in our lives that help us to you know continue to to go into the direction of our our dreams. You know, our kind of like our north star, and uh, and it is it is, and that's part of you know going back to that that mindset. It's like skill sets and mindsets, right? Like that that we're building and we're practicing all the time so that we can you know so we can dominate whether it's sport, whether it's life, whether it's business. Like you know, it, the foundation tends to be quite similar. So let's kind of rewind there then you know, where do you think the starting point was for you transitioning for sports playing at a super high level to, okay, now I'm going to start taking this journey. And what were some of the steps that you took there to be like, this is what I'm going to do full time. And you started mapping out that plan for yourself and your life kind of moving forward. Um, you know, at first it was like this, you guys, this could definitely be a long discussion, but I'll, I'll try to kind of keep it short and <laughs> I'm just flowing, you know, I'd rather, instead of making it because we'll it's a great, I think it's a great question. Um, like, you know, I, I started like lifting weights when I was 14 years old. I, I've been training hard since for I was nine. basketball, though, right? Or for sport? For, correct. Yeah. Like, actually, yeah. I, was a, I was a pretty scrawny kid and, and um, never would get picked. I, I really had a chip on my shoulder to okay. kind of prove myself in ball, you know? And, okay. uh, I mean, and look, if you're from, from anywhere in the Balkans, you know, so Serbia, Croatia, yeah, you probably Bosnia, like a lot of tall, tall players, you know what I mean? And and I'm six foot in my sneakers, as as I would say. Um, and they oh, just being the NBA, you know, now, like, they measure yeah, barefoot because of that. You can't exactly I know because you're hiding anymore. Like KD's yeah, on a lot of exactly. See on a lot of rosters, this thing on a lot of rosters. I know we used to do that thing where I'd be six two. You know, right? They'd spice up the rosters all the time. Six um, two, but two you know, I had a lot of. You know, <laughs> We had a lot of teammates, you know, when I was, you know, by the time I was 15, 16, that were, you know, six, 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 seven, six, eight, like that's oh, the type gosh. of yeah. kind of like height that you have there in Europe. Now, so to me, it was like, um, I trained really hard because I had a chip on my shoulder to just, you know, I played for a team, Olympia, which is the best team in the country. A lot of the guys that, you know, Goran Dragic, Ben Udrich, Rasha Mysterich, like all those guys came through there. Um, and, and so just to make the 12-man team was like, man it was a lot of hard work and when I was 14 my mom would work you know she'd work in a bank and then she opened up a gym on the side with her friends so she'd work in a bank half the day the other half she used to work all day work at the gym and I started going there and I had some really really good like kind of lucky fortunate I had some good mentors like top powerlifters in in, in the country uh, a couple of guys who were actually gold medalists world champions in gymnastics Eliash Pig wow. Legend, you know, and yeah, come up there and and and, and uh, show me stuff like you know. Yeah. So, and I didn't even know how good I had it, but but it was but it was great. And so I started lifting, and man, it really transferred to, you know, I, I was getting bigger. I was able to you know be quicker, jump higher, like muscle people. I was like, shit, like this 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 is great, you know. So, so it it got me into. So I really fell in love with the training and everything training. I started reading everything about plyos and speed training and agility. Yeah. And by the time I was 16, 17, I started actually in the mornings. My, my coach knew a, a, a coach named Sergeant Georgievich, who was the number one track coach in the country. He actually trained Marilyn Adi to get the book of it. So we're talking about, you know, Olympic gold yeah. medalists. And uh, my coach said, hey, I got this crazy kid, man. Like, he just wants to, you know, jump higher because I wanted to dunk it. So Sergeant, thinking that there's no way I'd do this, he's like, I'll tell the kid, to, you know, to come in the morning at 6, 15, 6, or 30 before school. Like thinking I wouldn't wouldn't go, and of course my crazy ass is like right there three days a week in, yeah. in the morning, and, and 
So now I'm getting into track and field and, you know, speed training. And I'm legitimately training with Brigitte Bukovic, you know, silver medalist, 110 meter hurdles in Olympics, 92 Olympics. And, and like just getting so much from it. And so that's kind of like where this underlying, I didn't even know it then, you know, the love kind of for training really kind of popped up. But at that time, it was just like, I just want to be the strongest, fastest, most savage human being for basketball, you know. And, but I was studying everything. I mean, I, I read Speed Trap from Charlie Francis when I was like 16, 17 years old. You know, I was very, reading Verhoshansky and Zatsiorsky and like every article on T Nation. And, yeah. you know, and so long story short, that's kind of where it started. I, then I went to college, played ball in the U.S. And, um, Where'd you and, go to and school, I, by the way? Um, I went upstate New York for two years. I went to um, Broome Community College, uh, was D2, JUCO, because uh, it was the only thing I could get to because, and that's, like I said, that's a whole other story. I went to yeah. Eastern Basketball Canada. Then I went to Southern Virginia for two years. And then from there, I went and, and played pro overseas. And while I was in school, same thing. I'm kind of like in school. I'm like, ah, what should I do? I'll oh, fuck it. I'll just do business because yeah, yeah. that makes sense. But I took so many electives that I ended up doing a minor in exercise science and kinesiology because I was just so, so into it, right? So this whole love was building up, and, and while I was playing pro, um, one of the years, my, my brother was like, hey, man, I'm going to go train with, with these metal balls with a, with a friend that, like, figured some stuff out with them. I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'll go with you. And I was a training, like, fanatic maniac, right? And so it was kettlebells, and, you know, this guy takes us through a session. Uh, I'm smoked, you know, and I'm like, man, what is this? So I start studying those. And so we started training. I mean, I was training anyways. I started training kettlebells a lot. And I was, so I was doing two practices a day. So I'm playing pro ball. Uh, that specific year, I'm also not getting paid. Issues in the country. I'm, I'm, you know, division one ball. This is kind of like the downside of pro basketball that you don't hear a lot of times. Yeah. Is, is, you know, you be at, you're playing at the highest level, but you're, you're not getting paid because the team. Yeah, I see that a lot. And, um, and so I'm, I'm doing shit for my brother. But in, in between, I took over some, some clients uh, that my brother was training. And he wasn't even a coach. He was just kind of doing it as a side thing. And, and I love doing it. And, like, the, those soccer players was like, man, like, the brother's really – he's got the thing. He's got the thing for it. Didn't think much of it. Uh, just enjoyed, you know, got some money there a little bit. I was training out of this uh, gym at Sokol, and uh, I was just like, oh, you know what, I'm going I'm to write this article on back pain because I was dealing with back pain already back then. Okay. And it was in this big publication for this, this franchise gym called Sokol. And so it blew up. So a lot of people now I'm training there go like, oh, man, you're that guy. Can I train with you? And so at that point in time, I'm like, well, shit, I need a little bit of money. So I take it on and I'm loving this stuff. So I'm like training two hours in the morning basketball, two hours in the evening basketball, uh, working a little bit for my brother in between, but I'm coaching like four or five hours in between. And, uh, and also like we had this little group in the woods, Tivoli is this park and we're, we're training people with kettlebells and ropes and sandbags and all that kind of underground stuff that started growing and growing and growing. And so at one point in time, you know, this is in my third pro season. Uh, and, 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 and so I'm also married now. You know, I, I married my college sweetheart. She's from Seattle. Nice. Slovenia. We're doing the long distance. It's, it, it's, it's really, really hard. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I, and so there's like, I'm, I'm kind of split in between all these worlds because I'm still kind of like, man, I want to play in the NBA. And, you know, so I'm like, something's got to happen. Something's got to give. I'm probably eventually going to move to the U.S. because it's going to be harder. It's more of a culture shock for her to come here. But the point of it being is, like, I go to my brother and I say, listen, man, like, I'm, I got a gut feeling here. There's something going on. Like, I mean, we got people reaching out to us, people coming by in the park, trying to join the group. Like, I, I can't stop. Like, there's clients asking every day to, 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 I mean, to be clients because they're reading my articles. I'm doing stuff nobody's doing. But this is not what I do. Like, I, I don't know. But, like, we got to open a gym. So my brother's like, man, like, you're going to probably leave, you know. I don't know. So Giga and my brother, who's one of my best friends, we used to play ball together. For three months, it takes me to convince them. And we finally go and, and get a 470 square foot room. I mean, that was the gym. Right. And that's where we started. So I was still playing pro ball. And uh, eventually, about nine months later, I ended up leaving and went to the U.S. And the thing is, while I was in the U.S. and I was still, you know, training with Jason Basket, I, I, I started LA Fitness, like doing a big box gym. But, I, but that's, that's kind of like where, I mean, I had some of a, somewhat of an identity crisis of like, man, where am I without being pro, pro, uh, pro athlete? Yeah. But at the same time, like the decision came down to, you know, looking back now, I was, you know, I was like, man, I don't want to be good or very good at anything, you know? And, and Ball was like, man, I, I juiced almost all of my potential, you know? Uh, it's like, you, there, there's a time where I'm a big dreamer and believer 
but there's a time where you go like, man, like I'm not going to be LeBron James or Drazen Petrovic or, you know, and, and man, I put in more work and more hours than just about anybody, probably everybody, anybody I know when it comes to ball, like a practice and just having that real realization, you know, like, man, okay, if I keep playing, I can play Portuguese first league and maybe the French second league and here. And then now I'm, you know, telling my, my, I'm, I'm divorced now, but my then wife, Ernie, you know, like, yeah. oh, now we're going to go here. Now we're going to go here. Oh, you know, like my friend that was doing really good. He got injured out for nine months next year. You know, he doesn't get picked up again. It's, you know, they're paying 60, uh, 50% less, right? Like, and I was like, man, I don't know if I, I don't want that life neither for me, right. not for her, you know, and I want to, but, but it's like, but I had this purpose and passion behind training. And I, and I was like, man, fuck it. Like, this is, you know, like I, I was, even when I was making almost no money, I was like, I love doing this, right? So that gave me a bit of a message, like, man, I think, and also feedback, right? People were saying stuff like, you know, my brother was like, man, like, like you, you got something here. Yeah. And then all the athletes that I started training that was, were his friends too. And they went to my brother, not to me, and they said, listen, man, like, I'll tell you, like, there's something about him, I don't know, but like, he just gets people to do shit that other people can't get to do. And so that was kind of like the kicker. It was a couple of things like getting feedback and like feeling great when I was doing it. Um, I also had, you know, a story that I'm not sharing here that I've shared on, on, on quite a few podcasts is between the age, ages of 14 and 18, part of the reason why I left to the U.S. Like I was heavily involved in organized crime. So I, I, I you know, I did a lot of dumb shit um, when it was getting very, very, very bad. And, and part of me, like, you know, when I started coaching, the coaching really made me feel like I was doing something good and giving back and, yeah. I almost had this, you know, tip the scales of uh, the, 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 the shitty stuff that I've done in my life and try to start overriding that. I know that there was a deeper kind of reason uh, that that drew me in that direction as well. So right. I think, you know, those three things together uh, tilted the scales. And, you know, and, and it's a challenging thing because, like, we started in Slovenia. We, we basically created the first functional training. Like, that gym is still around 14 years later. Number one gym of its kind in, in, in the country. Uh, you know, we train a lot of great, you know, general pop, but we also train soccer, EuroLeague players, you know, NBA players, like everything. So, uh, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a huge success, but, but we started it when it didn't exist and consultants were telling me I'm crazy. There's no market for that. Um, like we literally created it, you know, and, and then I left. So that was hard for me to leave something that we, we started. And then I have to start from scratch here, you know? And doing really long. I mean, the, the hours that, that people sometimes talk about, the 100 plus hour weeks, like I, you know, really did that for years. Uh, didn't make much the first years and just, you know, hustle my, my, my ass off. Um, and then 11 years ago, I started my, well, not almost 11 years ago, I started my own first garage gym here in the U.S. in Seattle. And, you know, and it's, it's, since then, we've obviously grown quite a bit. We went from the garage to a bigger location to me now buying a, a whole you know 12,000 square foot building where we're in now so it's you know it's, it's been a it's been a journey yeah I mean the gym obviously the gym looks beautiful you know bigger fitness looks great you know from what I've seen and stuff but I think you know everyone that I talk to who's made it to that level of you know their defined success it's like there's just so many little things that happen and it kind of just points you in the right direction to ultimately kind of lead you to your path you know like I don't think anybody wakes up and they're just like beelines it like yep this is what i was supposed to do you know and i'm right here and this is just oh. my moment and it's cool to hear you know how each decision in your life that you made kind of led you to that step so at what point so let's say vigor's up you're going a little bit at what point are you like all right i'm in a good place here and did you start reaching out with some of the guys like jay you know i've talked to a little bit or like some of the guys that i worked at what point were you like starting to level up and really start to take your yearning for knowledge really seriously from actually from the get-go, man, I, I, I joined, I think it was like right around, maybe even before we opened that gym in Slovenia. I mean, I was reading everything. I actually, actually met Eric Cressy 14, 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, I flew out to London and then to Birmingham. Uh, it was a, there was a seminar with him and Nick Grantham. Okay. Uh, and I was still playing ball. And like, uh, I, I came from by far the furthest, bought every one of Eric's products. We went to lunch. Um, and pretty much, you know, uh, since then I've, I've, I've known him, you know, and, and I read, I mean, I legit like in a couple of years in that time, time frame and age, I read like three to 4,000 articles on T nation elite FTS and, uh, you know, strengthcoach.com. I mean, I was reading, consuming everything. And then I joined, um, on the business side, this thing called trainers inner circle. So I was buying every product I could learning everything I could. Mm -hmm. you know, Pat Rigsby ran that. So basically for, I mean, for 
those last 14 years, I've always invested heavily, like percentage-wise, very, very heavily in, my, in myself. And what I started doing, I mean, the, the, like even when I moved here, you know, I sacrificed a lot to invest the money I was, you know, any extra money I was making into at first it was like books and products and, you know, DVDs back then, right. but then, you know, like I'm in seminars, you know, and, and, um, this is a, a real non made up number, even though it'll sound absolutely outrageous. Um, I've been over 220 live events, you know, in the last 11 years, yeah. uh, 12 years and which, which is basically, you know, 20, 20 a year. And, um, that doesn't count courses and everything else. And we've had 74 presenters here at Vigor. Um, in the last seven, eight years, and I've been, you know, the best of best in the world. So, like, education and investment into myself and my team um, is, the, is one of the top things that I believe in. And so, where did I, you know, because people will say, like, how do you know everybody? How did you get connect, connect with everybody? It's right there, I, right? I was everywhere. That's the, you know, it's like I would be everywhere all the time. And, you know, I'd always invest in people's products. And so, like, hey, man, I read you, you know, come up to people, man, I read your book. Hey man, in chapter four, man, you say something so profound that it is, man, would you tell me a little bit more about this? And people would be blown away because they'd be like, damn, this guy fucking is like quoting chapters, you know, like, yeah. I'm like, Hey, I bought your product, you know, like the, the, the speed and agility product, Lee, you know, Lee Taft. Oh, and when you, you know, when you talk about this, I always thought it was this boom, bam, you know, cause these people love what they do, you know, majority of them. And when I'd spend time with them, I'd always with most, I would follow up, like send them appreciation card in the book. Be like, hey, I love this book. I don't know if you read it, but like, this is what I got out of it. And I think you'd love it. And then everybody would remember me because nobody else would do that. You know yeah. what I mean? And when I'd see them at the next event, they'd be like, oh man, Luca, what's up? Hey, let's go to lunch. Right. And I mean, I did that for years and years and years and years and years. And every, like, there's an origin story to every person that is, you know, now one, now one of my closest friends, uh, or we even do business together from Martin Rooney to Jay Ferruja to uh, Joel Jameson. We're just launching something now. But like, I don't, I'm born to show the family, like you know, like every, every, every crest, like, you, you know, you name it, like there's an origin story that goes back most of the time, you know, over a decade. Um, and really it was that thing that like, I, you know, you, you, you go where your focus goes, right? Like, and my focus went on becoming the best in my craft and my skill and educating myself on that. And then also building these relationships and not looking for the, how can this person do something for me, but rather like, Hey, how can I, do one something for them and just really be my, you know, as foo-foo and cliche as this shit sounds today, like my authentic self and yeah. just be myself. And it's like, Hey, if you like me, you like me, if you don't, you know, but I'm not going to try to be anything that I'm not. And, and, um, you know, just really not have the patience to, to build it over the years and not be like, okay, cool. I met this guy now, like in three months later, what can he do for me? How can it, right? Like, and, uh, and I think that's what's happening a lot nowadays is that, people are not here, meaning here as in where they are and being in the present, right? Like, like yeah. a coach starts an industry and, and they want to be, they want to be three years ahead and have all these people and be positioned and have the, 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 um, no, I would say that's the, okay. the title, you know what I mean? Like I want to have this fucking title. And it's like, man, like put your head down and like do the work right now and become like focus on the things that matter the most, you know what I mean? Like, which is building relationships, your clients, like your team, you know what I mean? Like becoming the best at your, skill set and mindset you know what i mean like and let the results speak right let the results speak i just was talking to one of the coaches and i'm like man like you know hey what should i put out on igtv and it's like yo um you like first of all like speak to the, the the people deliver value to the marketplace but i'm like man how about focus on getting so many clients that you have a waiting list and then delivering such an incredible result to them that they can't stop talking about you and then when you do that for two to three years, then you can share with people how you did it. And then you'll have the self-esteem and confidence to be able to do all this other stuff. You know, and I think many times it's the other way around. Like, let me tell people how amazing I am. Uh, but it's like, okay, what about like, you know, Berardi has this great tripod marketing thing that he talks about. It's like, step one, find out what people really want. You know? Step two, deliver something awesome for that thing that people really want. And then tell everybody about it, right? Yeah. And I think now it's kind of like flipped around where people want to tell everybody about shit, but they don't really do anything awesome and they don't do, uh, don't find out what people want and do it consistently for a period of time. You know what I mean? Like not just like, Hey, I did one cool thing. Like, man, you know, trust is built through 
small things consistently. Actually, Brené Brown, who you know studies uh, trust and vulnerability and shame, well, right? She did the TED Talk. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she's now every every everybody should read every single book she's ever put out. She's, she's phenomenal. But she talks about like people think that trust is built through this mega things, like you know, like where I don't know, like you're you're going bankrupt. I'm like, hey man, I'm gonna you know give you twenty grand. Like that's not how trust is built. It's through the little things over time consistently. It's like putting, you know, marbles in a jar, right? Like every time you build a little bit of trust, it's one marble in a jar. You know, once you have a full jar, like the, the friend and the, the person that you know that's a, a full jar of marbles friend, that's the person you trust. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the thing is in business, it's the same thing. Man, like we've been in renting for 11 years. I don't even, I mean, know if there's anybody else been in, around for that long, but uh, maybe some people, you know, but like, man, we keep growing, we keep doing stuff. And, and, and yo, like I got a lot of struggles, man. It's not all smooth, right? Yeah. But every single relationship in person, man, I really do my best to like build that trust, you know, and, and trust can be built quick and can be gone fast. So um, a lot of, you know, a lot of things like that to, to, to think about. Yeah, no, I think selfishly, I know I have a, you know, a small little audience that I've been trying to talk to a lot, but this is just for me, kind of what you just said is speaking to me a lot. Like I actually first interned and work at Joe DeFranco's for a little bit before I, yeah, before I kind of made my way on. So Cam Joss is a good friend of mine. He'll talk all the time and stuff just about training and he's a, he's a real cool guy. But once he left, I kind of migrated to where I am now at Varsity House. And, you know, this is just selfishly. So whoever's listening, you know, when I put this out, you guys can take from it. But, you know, for me, I've been trying to do so much for free and connecting, like talking with you and just learning and like spending a lot of money. And I've never said this on camera, but in 2019, I spent 20 grand on personal development of my own money. And it was just like paycheck, a little bit of save course paycheck a little bit of save like the next thing and just talking so much with you i've been able to talk with a few other really cool guys and like building that like you said literally just kind of hit a lot of keys for me and i think that is so important like for years and years though you have to be like hey look i did this it's free here you go hey look i did this it's free here you go hey what do you think about this i'll pay this for you and i think that is just so key that a lot of coaches need to hear because especially with the social media age it's like you know, you're trying to tell people, like you said, how great you are, but people don't care. It's the daily, you know, daily. Putting uh, and, and this is another marketing tip. I think I got, I learned this from Frank Kern back in the day, but he's like, you know, there's three ways to tell people uh, like how great you are, right? One yeah. is you, man, I'm awesome. Like, hey, train with me. I'm awesome. Right? Like least valuable. You know, second is other people telling people how great you are, which is great because yeah. those are the, you know, case studies, success stories, testimonials, word of mouth, referrals, things like that, right? absolutely very very necessary the third one that people don't actually know about is giving people value to where they get results in advance and because guess what like then they figure out that you're great and so what i mean by that is like and this is just a random you know example but um if i put out a, a mobility video and i'm like hey listen like you know if your shoulder's bugging you here's a little protocol that you know you could do that may, might make you feel better um you know Hey, go see a PT if it's, it's ongoing stuff, but try these different things and, and see how it is. And then the person goes like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'll try this. Right. They got a nagging shoulder issue. They go through that protocol and they're like, holy shit. Like I can do something I couldn't do before. What just happened there? Right. They got results in advance. Yeah, from they the, have this preconceived notion that you're the guy. Correct. You put in, you know, I call it relational equity, right? You put in yeah. value in that bucket. And the other thing too is like people don't think think about this that a lot of times it's not that people doubt you right so it we it's rare i, I you know it's rare that like a person would come in and go uh, i doubt these guys i don't think they're good at what they do you know i mean sure maybe there's some people but like at this point in time i mean we're positioned well like man we really know our stuff they doubt themselves so it's on on us to help them move them forward and not doubting themselves now how do you move somebody forward and not doubting themselves you give them a little thing to do and they do it. And when they do it, they get a result. Now, there's two things that happen. They trust you more and you build value for them, but they also believe in themselves more because they did it, yeah. right? So this is like human psychology and behavior change and how we move people forward. And you can do that, you know, and this, like I said, there's the pluses and minuses of social media and all these platforms. I'm talking about the plus here and the powerful side. I'm just gonna plug this in so my computer doesn't- Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Right. So, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's one of the ways that I feel people could, could do better. Now, before somebody goes like, Oh, fuck it. So I should be on social media doing this day all along. Well, no, listen, 
I think that like if you're a true like a true coach, physical one on one, not one on one, but face to face, skin to skin coach, that your biggest focus should be the people in front of you. You know, and not to say you shouldn't do social media or anything like that, but like what I see a lot is it, it, it you know, and I've I've seen it because I not only you know have a lot of interns that come through every year, and I have coaches, and I coach a lot of a lot of gyms on business coaching, and I, I go to their gyms and I see their coaches, right? That I've I've seen this phenomenon where like man, the person is putting so much time creating this IG post, right? And then they're so disconnected when they're actually coaching the person's skin to skin. And I'm like, yo, this is, this is crazy. That's that, I mean, yeah. because, and then I'm like, yo, what's your goal? I was like, man, I want to be, I have more coaching people, right? I'm like, dude, like you're the most, like you're, you're the thing is, because guess, guess what the client also sees? They watch your IG and you've been yeah. coaching everybody. And then you're there with you and like, you're not present because you're looking at your phone or, you're thinking about the next thing and you're not asking about their kids, how their energy is like, you know what I mean? You're not into, into like, like I said, you gotta be into them. You gotta be on fire to set somebody on fire. So like th- that's the problem. And I, I, what I've found is that like, even for my social media is that like, man, I still coach. I don't, I don't need to coach. I love fucking coaching. Like I just, I love it. Right. When I'm coaching, I don't think about anything else, but the people there. And that makes me better for social media because I just like, present myself in the way that I would be coaching on the floor. Yeah. The way that I shoot a video. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and the thing is, that's how you develop your skill set truly. So, you know, it, it goes back to like, you don't want to flip that around because eventually people are going to meet you, you know? And so if you're much better on, on social media than you are in real life, that's a fucking problem. You know what I mean? Oh, cool. I'd rather be phenomenal on social media and then people come in and go like, holy shit, you're even better in real life. This is oh, nuts. Yeah. And so that, that's, and that's, that's and, and, and for anybody, I'm not saying, look, I'm not against online coaching. Like we do some of it. We're about to go into 220. But like I will, I will say straight up right now, if anybody's listening to this face to face, I will tell you right now that if you never train people in real life, a lot of them, you won't be a great online coach, period. I, I don't, you could call me out on this, whatever the hell you want. Like I'll have a battle with you. I don't give a shit because it, there's no way. Like, listen, you know how hard it already is to coach people and get really good at coaching where you have, I would say, the social awareness and emotional awareness that happen with, with face-to-face stuff where you can see body language oh, and how you're responding yeah. energies. And then you take that away with distance. And then people are like, no, I can coach people better online. It's like, man, listen, I, I, I can't, I can ever, never say that. But like, once again, I'm not saying that online coaching is a bad thing. Not at all. I think a lot of people can get a ton. Like I know that we can't coach thousands of people in here, but I know I can help thousands of people right. with, online platforms and doing other things like that but man like the fire of developing yourself as a coach to me is always you know skin to skin face to face um and always will be and i think that's kind of like the best i think that even the coaches that like are like hey i eventually want to be fully online should even for even if it's just a number of hours a week and they've done it for a long time still be doing coaching and and yeah but like that's, that's a Whole other discussion. No, of course. But you know what? It's funny that you did that. I mean, so something that I did that was unique, kind of like, you know, I don't know if this isn't really unique, but for social media, something I did is I hired a, a videographer to come in and I said, look, I want you to hide out, but you got to be here for seven hours because I had seven straight sessions of all athletes. I want you to capture every single interaction that happens. And like what it allowed me to do, I've been doing this now for a little bit it really shows you like the interactions and the relationships that you're building. And it really allows you to go back and be like, Oh shit, I do this here. I do this here. As opposed to being like, Hey, look, I'm going to film from the side, do this exercise, do it perfect. Let me personally film. Like you talked about, I'm disengaged. But what was cool about it was like, I had my phone away. I had the music going. I was just in it live coaching. And to your point, it was really unique and insightful for me. And if any other coach has the idea, you know, obviously ask the clients and the athletes. But it's really cool because it will really show you who you are as a coach. Because with seven hours, you'll forget the camera's on. And those things that you don't do will be easily exposed. And, and I like to kind of show that, you know. And, and another thing. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was, I was going to say, like, that's, that's a great point. Because uh, I know, like, we actually have Brett, Brett Bartholomew coming in next year for the apprenticeship. Cool. Um, there's a lot of that happening. I've always like, you know, my first four or five years of my, my coaching career, I filmed a lot of stuff with back then the flip cams and shit, but, yeah. uh, but it was, it was that exact same thing. It was like, 
filming long enough to where I forgot it was there. And like filming every, you know, I, I, I filmed majority of the presentations I've ever done, even inside of the gym. You know, why do you film a prezo apart from obviously having content? It's like, so I can watch it back again, right? And then I'd be like, oh man, I say mm, a lot, right? Right, right? Yeah, it's like you, you have to have that, you know, there's nothing better than just like real-time feedback. Like, oh my God, like look at that. You know, I go to, you know, to coaches, I can go to them, like your hands are crossed all the time. That means you're closed off. You can't be doing that. Like, man, you gotta be, you gotta have your hands up here and coaching and be active, yeah. right? But it's like when somebody films them, you can go, like, let me show you what you do. It's like, hey, this is a, this is a, you know, 45 minute team group training session. And like, you've been in, you know, one area for 10 minutes. Which yeah. means you're not coaching everybody. Hey, like, you're doing this, that, and the other. And it's like, it's real. Like, you can't deny it. You can't, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I think that's a phenomenal thing to do because, you know, I, I guess consistently, not like every day, but where you can kind of point it out and go like, right. hey, listen, how about, and when you see yourself, it's like, damn, yeah, I need to, you know, that looks like yeah. shit. I mean, I better. And then oh. you can even do this, chop it up, put it as content. And then like, you can't hide behind the coaching, like we just said. So like, yes, I could, you know, something that drives me crazy is like, I could be a dude in an empty room filming exercises all the time and you do your 50 takes, it looks perfect. But when you're coaching in front of 40 people and you got to be on right there, like you can't hide. It's like in that moment and you even better than me could be like, that's a good coach. That's not a good coach right there on the spot. You know, which you I, can't, I mean, no, no, you, you absolutely can't. I mean, like, you could now, of course, like, to, to me, there's always context, but there's context, but at the same time, there's also standards. Like, if I watch a whole training session, and let's just call it it's a group training session, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe I won't be able, able to hear your coaching cues and how a person is like, but just off of body language and the way they're moving, did you know, my rule has always been, even if it's a class of 50 people. I'm going to individually coach every single person in that class. And people were like, why would you do that in 45 minutes? I'm like, Hey, come watch a training session. See how yeah. it happens. Yeah. But like, but I will, like I will coach every person. So, you know, it's like you have a, there's tons of philosophies here, but like, you know, I call it general, general specific, you know, uh -huh. so like you're, you're coaching, you got 50 people. If I say, Hey, got tall spine, tall spine, you know, somebody's pulling you by the crown of your head. Now, if you're doing a deadlift, that goes for that. If you're doing a squat, it goes for that. If you're doing a TRX, it goes for that. Push up, it goes for that. Like there's very few exercises that doesn't go for. So that's a general cue that everybody now can understand. Yeah, hey, yeah. if you're holding an implement, crush it. Once again, I got a goblet squat. Cool. I'm, more, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm holding dumbbells in a lunge. Crush it. Cool. We want that stability. Right? Once again, general, general. And then Susie is bending her knees forward on a deadlift. So I come up there. I'm like, hey, Susie, because she's like a little older. So I'm like not giving her like, yeah. I'm calming down. I'm like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna block your knee. It's gonna make you push your hips back, okay? Block her knee there, pushes her hips back. All right, now, now feel your big toes. You feel the difference? Oh yeah, I feel my hamstrings and glutes way more. Great job, all right, let's do a couple reps. Awesome, way to push your hips back, way to feel your, your, feel your whole uh, foot. Great, right, now boom, now, and, I'm, and I'm on. What did I do, right? I coached her up, I gave her positive feedback on a specific task that she did, bam, and I'm on to the next person. And you then, and then, like, Go ahead, sorry, sorry. No, I was going to say, but like, but, but then like, you know, that was, that was, you know, she, she was maybe uh, like 55 years old and a little different tone. And then I'm like, Jay, push the fucking ground away. Right. Like, but, but Jay uh, is a, a past athlete. Like, man, that's our communication. He gets it. Like, yeah. I need you, oh, I need you to tell him, push the ground away every rep. Right. And I'm like, Hey Mike, you know, it's maybe a, a younger kid, right? Like, dude, that's not the thing is that's fucking hard, but that's the art of coaching. It's like the science and the arts, the jazz, right? Like, and that's difficult, but like, hey, if you want to be great, you want to you set super high standards and make a 30-person class feel like individual coaching, you know what I mean? Like, that was, for me, like tens of thousands of hours to where wake me up in the middle of the night and I'll do it. But once again, feedback, 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 you know, and I, I, I went around and collect, collected role models. Like, I would see something and be like, man, they do that so well, you know? And like I said, I've been fortunate to be around, like, and from the get-go, had guys around that were my friends slash peers or people I looked up to, like like Eric Cressy, like the Mike Boros, like the you know what I mean, like like the Jays, yeah. like uh, Pavel. I mean, Pavel was you know I, I was I was 2004. I did my first RKC in Denmark uh, with Pavel Sassoula and doing you know That's doing uh, and like and Pavel mentored me a lot. When I came to Seattle, we brought out Pavel, we brought out um, Kenneth J. And I mean you know so so from the get go, my standard of what I would see and go like I want. I want my reps to be like that. I want to coach it like that. It was, it was excellence. You know, when, when you collect role models of excellence and you start believing like that is the, this is the level I want to be at, 
you know, that's my bottom. Yeah. A different thing that you shoot for. And I think that, you know, today, um, because of, I, I think social media is a culprit here, obviously, is because you look at maybe somebody that's got a lot of followers and they're cool and maybe, maybe they make money. I mean, a lot of it's bullshit anyways, but like, but you're like, oh, I want to be like them. And then their form is wacky. They don't give a fuck. So that becomes your standard, yeah. you know? So you got to be careful which, which role models and, and you, you collect, you know what I mean? Um, because that will become your standard, you know? And, and you got to be careful because if your standards are low and you actually achieve them, fucking worst thing that you can do because that becomes your habits and your behaviors and that becomes now your destiny i mean so i think too you know to that point you know call me weird but i actually watch film of the other coaches whether it's been you know i've seen you especially being around joe defranco and like even like the pitch and the tone that i'm trying to match with some people you know just like you talked about where it's like hey with this person my tonality is going to be different as opposed to this person hand gestures even like dialogue like certain words that people use for cues that kind of stuff is just like you start to ingrain it like you said into your own patterning and then when you present it you're like oh my gosh like i'm speaking like that person that i saw all the time or i'm interacting with that person that i saw all the time and you know, I think that's an important part too for a lot of the people listening is when you're on social media, let's say, don't look at what they're doing, but look at how they're doing it and the message that they're trying to convey and the tone in their voice, I think is super important. So yeah, you want to, you want to, you want to get great, man. You want to put a microscope on it, you know, like, because I, I believe that like, you know, greatness comes from small things, you know, like you look at these the small things that build the big things. And I think people focus on big things. There, there's a time to focus on big things. When you're looking yeah. at purpose, and you're looking at strategy, you know, right. this job already says like, you want to squint, you want to squint and see these, um, I would say almost things that have, uh, that, that successful people have in common. Right now. But when you go to the granular and the tactical, like I look at the details, you know what I mean? Like what is the little thing that person's doing? That's, that's separating. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, everybody's deadlifting, everybody's squatting, everybody's lunging, everybody's pressing, everybody's like, but that's the thing. Those are the what's, how are they doing it? You could go online, dude, you could go online. If you know nothing about nutrition in two weeks, you can find out all the what, all the what that matters, right? Like meaning, Hey, how many calories should I eat? Okay. You put in a calculator macros, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, the, 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 the foods that are a better fit, yada, yada, yada. Like it doesn't take much to find out all the what it, to figure out how to get in the best shape of your life. Okay. But the fucking how, that's the, the now that's like, a, that's the, you know, red, blue pill matrix when I'm like, right, you know, right. is giving choice. that's the rabbit hole, you know, and like, man, I've, I've studied a lot, 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 lot more of the how of just about everything, you know what I mean, than yeah. just, and also the why, you know, and, and, and I ask myself the why, because the why gives you the principles, and once you understand the principles, guess what, now I can create my own house, right, like, but most people don't study the principles deep enough to understand them. And, you know, going back to Alan Cosgrove's, I, I don't know if he's the one that, I know that he's the one that taught it to me, where he's like, methods are many, principles are few. Methods change, principles never do. Right? right? So new method, hey, if I understand the principle, I can plug it in because I get it, right? I know the why, and now I can create the how and the what. You know what I mean? So um, just, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important to understand, like, how to think, you know, how to think things through. Um, so if anybody ever wants, wants something, this is more, it's a business book, but really it's not. It's like, I almost think it's a thinking book. Um, it's called the road, uh, the road less stupid by Keith Cunningham. It's a phenomenal book. I mean, honestly, it, it will slap you in the face. Um, I just think a lot of lessons in there can relate to just about everything, you know, like having thinking time and thinking things through. Yeah. Um, and yeah, go ahead. No, just because I was just gonna say, sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna. There's a quote. I can't remember where I heard it, but it was something like, "Someone said, I don't care about giving you giving away everything I know because I know that I can deliver it better than anybody I know," or something like that. Yep, absolutely. It's. I mean, it's like that thing. It, I mean, I was a huge fan of Drazen Petrovic growing up. You know, like I mean, he was like a. You know, he. I mean, he's a hero where I'm from. He's like yeah. a yeah, yeah, basketball yeah. guy. You know what I mean? Like. And, um, and I mean, I, I, you know, what's dope is like seeing Luka Doncic doing what he's doing now because I played with his pops and right. I remember three years old, you know, four years old when, we were, when I was practicing at Slavon. And, that's um, a hidden gem. That's pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that is like, I'll sound biased, obviously, because he's, he's Slovenian, but Luka Doncic will, will be the best player to ever play in the NBA from Europe. 
possibly. And like I said, you know, right now he's he's 20 years old. He's averaging a triple double wall. Yeah, I know. He it's, literally it's, just went toe to toe with LeBron. That was crazy. It, it, it's it's he is he is one of one of a kind. Um, but it's one of those things where like you know with Drazen there was like there was he had a couple of moves and everybody knew what he'd do, but it didn't matter. Yeah. You can stop him. Like it's it, it, and that's the thing is like I can you can come in bigger. And like, I can give you all the systems, right? Will you be able to be bigger now? Well, no, because like, there's a culture. There's, there's, a, there's a standard. There's a way of operating. There's a soul to it, right? There's like, mine. yeah. And, and the thing is, man, like, this is what I even say. And I think systems are important, like, right? But how do you get the person to do the system? Like, that's a culture fit. That's a, that's a motivation and a desire and a purpose, right? And a value system and all these different things that allow you to do that. So it's like, Hey, we all learn, like, that's the thing. Like, we all learn the same thing. We all, let's say we all went to the same certifications for a year. Yeah. But then five years later, you know, where are people going to be? But we all learn the same thing. Right. But it's like, how am I doing it? How much de deliberate practice am I putting into these skill sets? You know, how zoned in and focused am I? Right? Like, how much am I going over them? How much do I care about people? Because yeah. when you care, you, you go the extra mile. When you care, you're more interested. When you care, right, you're willing to work harder and longer and smarter and all these different things, right? So. Of course, you know, nothing, nothing lives in a vacuum. And, no. and I know that today more than ever, people are like, Luca, give me the 11 steps to dominate life. And it's like, it's a good blog post, you know, I might write, but we, we all know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's not, it's not something that you can just get and apply and like, it just happens, you know? No, a hundred percent too. You know, and I think looking back and just like recapping a little bit too, it's like, you can't skip steps. Everybody wants, everybody wants Z, but they don't want A, B, C, D, E, F, and all those little things there to make relationships, you know, like you have to do the little things, lay a brick by brick. And then you look back, like you said, I mean, you have, you know, all the experience and you look back 10, 15 years later, and you're like, oh, that's how I did that. It was that little daily, you know, commitment to each thing. Absolutely. I was, uh, it's funny. So I got a question yesterday. It's everyone, I don't do it as often as I used to, but, you know, ask me a question on IG stories and usually I'll get a good. I'll get like, you know, 50, 60 questions, 20, which have to instantly be scratched because they, they're unanswerable. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but one of them was like, uh, one of them was like, hey, I'm a 26-year-old coach. You know, I've been in industry for like, I think two or three years. Got a family, you know, I'm in a, in a bigger box gym and like, I'm not performing at the highest level. Um, but, you know, should I go, like, I'm thinking like, should I, you know, what should I do? Should I go? to my own spot, should open my own place. And I can't remember the rest of the question, but instantly like, and I answered it in the stories and I said, you can't like, so for instance, people think that like, well, I don't really like it here. And you know, it, I don't like their culture or whatever. But so if I just go and get my own spot, then I'll dominate. And it's like, no, if you weren't dominating there, you won't dominate. Like you're going to fall to the level of your training and your standard. And you know what I mean? So if you weren't the most, you know, getting results with all your clients or, major, or majority of your clients, if you weren't good at sales and had a waiting list or, you know, packed with sessions and getting referrals there, you won't get them in your place. No. You have to build a skill set. It's like, this is not Super Mario where I can figure out the cheat codes and jump, you know, into the tube and come out in another level. Bro, you can't, you can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't cheat your way to the next level. So, hey. Get an amazing result. Like, and the thing is, you're not doing, like, you, you got to think about it this way. Let's say you don't love the culture there and it's not, you know, and, and, and not everything is the way that you want it to. And, you know, that's life anyways. But I'm like, man, you, did, you, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to your clients. You could be the catalyst for change of the culture. You don't have to wait for somebody else. So, man, like, get incredible results. Get great referrals. Get busier. Make more money there. Get packed. Have a waiting list. And then and get good at sales and customer experience and follow up and building some and then you'll build your self-esteem and confidence and go like, man, like I've been doing this for a while, man. I, I now believe I can get anybody results. I now believe I can, you know, sell six out of 10 people that I sit down for a consultation with. I believe I give people a great experience. And now, guess what? Now maybe, maybe you know, and here's, here's what's so funny about this is once you're doing that, you feel great and you go like, oh man, this place isn't that bad, right? you know? And sure, maybe there's another stepping stone there. But the thing is that like nobody feels great about not doing their best subconsciously. And I hear this all the time. Well, look, I'll do my best, you know, when I'm not in a shitty place like this. I'm like, see, that's the fucking problem, though. I, I worked in a lot of 
you know, shitty places maybe. But, you know, when I learned, and, and maybe this is some of the immigrant mentality and grown up blue collar and socialism, communism and stuff, right? But like, man, if you do your best, even at the, the thing that you don't necessarily want to do at the end, you're actually practicing to be your best. You know what I'm saying? And you're building a skill set. And I don't think that like, you know, if you don't squeeze the juice out of everything, like then there is no next level, you know? And, and that's a big mistake because now people go unprepared into their own business and entrepreneurship with low level skill sets or no skill set in that area. And then you, you, you know, and, and then that's part of the reason why a lot of people don't succeed in, in, in well, any business, it doesn't have to be, you know, gyms, but um, certainly it's a problem in this industry. And I, I would even say like that majority of people maybe shouldn't own a business. And that doesn't make them bad or worse or anything. Look, you can be crazy successful, never have energy. This shit's hard, man. I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up really, really hard shit. And, and you have to, you know, you have to, that has to be, like I said, JB talks about in his new book, Change Maker, right? Like, how do you determine what you're going to do? Well, it's three things. It's purpose, values, and your unique abilities. You know, you got to figure those out and they will kind of lead you. Maybe won't, they won't give you the perfect answer, but they'll start leading you in a certain path. And most people... Man, I, you know, entrepreneurship slash gym ownership uh, may not be on their path. And you know, you know what? That's, that's great. It's great that it is not because you're going to find the best thing for you. And we just live in an era right now where that's the cool thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do it because it's cool. Like, I, this is my, my, you know, this is my calling, right? My, this is what calls me. And, it, and if it was something else, if it was fucking working for Facebook and writing code and creating new shit, then it would be that. And if it was, you know, being the best, you know, pizza maker, and it would be that, and that's fucking great. Like, yeah. you know I mean? um, so that's just kind of my thought process around that. I, know I, I go off on rants, but that's uh, that's usually what happens. Uh, no, I think that's so important because I still get a lot of young coaches. Like, I mean, here I'm the director of operations, and I do a lot of the business work for the gym, and you know, we have a kind of a, a consulting business, but. For me too, I still look at that, you know, I always, that's why I love doing these and talking with you and a lot of other guys, because I'm still gaining inference for myself, but also a lot of others. And it's like, you personally have to hold yourself accountable and to such a high standard, and then everything else will fall underneath. It's like, talk about skipping steps, but if you want to be at like that next place at that next level, the signs will be so clear because you've done your best job. People will tell you, hey, look, you know, I think you should go do this. Hey, you're so amazing. You should be doing this. And once you get those clear signs, then it's maybe time to do that. But you can't blame your circumstance for your lack of performance and activity. Of like you said. Yeah. You know, I think that it, that's where a lot of people go wrong. And I even have coaches say that to me. And sometimes coaches we talk about here in the building as well. And, and you can't, like, here's the thing. You can't, I'll, I'll finish on this, no man. Yeah. You can't give what you don't have. Yeah. You want to give energy? But you don't have energy, you can't give it. That's why coaches got to take care of themselves. Yeah. Right? Like, you got to train and eat right and get your sleep and, and, and you know, do your meditation and, you know, and make sure you take care of yourself on stress levels and you know, have social circles that help you be better and so on and so forth. Right? Yeah. That's the thing is like, you're going to teach your team about sales, but you don't sell yourself and you haven't become good at sales, you're not going to do it. Right? Yeah. You wanna, I mean, trust. Like you, you want to, you want to basically like teach trust or, or, or even I would say you can't trust others if you don't trust yourself. Others won't trust you on it if you don't trust yourself. Like that's the thing. You cannot, you, you know, it's like, you're going to make other people on fire if you're not on fire. No, you cannot give what you do not have. And so, yes, it all starts with you. And like, that's the thing. Like you're, you know, if any team you're a part of any, any place that you want to go, you can only like take things as, as as far as your leadership. So if your leadership sucks, nothing's going to grow. I don't care what you know, nothing's going to grow, you know? And so just remember that, like, ask yourself this, whatever you want to kind of give or teach or whatever, do you have it? If you don't have it, you got to get it first. Right. hundred percent. So, you know, let's kind of just end on this note, where can people find you or maybe you have any services that you offer summits, business stuff, and then just let drop it here and then I'll post that up. Perfect, man. I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of give the main stuff because uh, I'm, I'm pretty damn active on social media. So yeah. my Instagram, which is Luca, L-U-K-A, Hosevar, H-O-C-E-V-A-R. Uh, you can find me on there and put a lot of stuff on there. Um, on the Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance Facebook page, we put a ton of videos out there on, on, on training and stuff like that. Um, then on YouTube as well. YouTube almost like aggregates all the videos. So it's just my, my name, same thing, Luca Hosevar, YouTube account. 
Yeah. Um, I have a couple of podcasts. I know this is like I'm doing way too much shit, right? Even as I say it out loud. Yeah. Um, the, Vigor, the Vigor Life podcast, which is, man, is a slew of different things. For, but a lot of, I would say, the majority of the communication is with coaches. I talk every, from everything from, I mean, you got a lot of great guests on there. Um, but also, like, for instance, out of the last six episodes, we had one in nutrition coaching. I did two in program design. I had John Berardi on there. I had Joel Jameson on there. I had uh, Kelsey Heenan, who's a huge uh, online on social media. So that was like the last six, for instance. Yeah. Um, right. And then me and Steve Krebs have a, a, a podcast that's completely oriented towards uh, gym owners and fitness business owners. And it's called Yo, uh, the Fitness and Business Podcast uh, because I love Yo MTV Rap. So we got that logo going there. Um, so you can find me there. Um, if you're like, we have a 90 day coaching program, uh, for business. It's called yo, grow your gym.com. Like literally it's like yo, grow your gym.com. <laughs> That's it. Um, where, where basically we help people, you know, scale their business, like all, almost like three steps, attracting, convert, train and retain, and then system and scale. And so that's, that's the short of it. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good about getting back to people. Uh, although things are getting kind of crazy there I on social media, that. Yep. <laughs> but, but, uh, it, you know, like I, to me, it's like at the end of the day, man, I'm, I, I do two things. I, you know, I'm a coach and I, I work on being the best at that for myself, for our clients, for my team. Um, and I'm an entrepreneur and I, and I, and I help people you know, grow their businesses. Cool. Awesome. Hey, man, appreciate having you on. My pleasure, man. My pleasure.